0: Brooklyn, New York. I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Vine Pair Next Round Conversation. As you guys know, we're bringing you these conversations between the regularly scheduled podcast episodes in order to talk to movers and shakers in the industry and give everyone a clearer picture of what's been happening ever since the COVID-19 crisis began. Uh, Today, I'm really lucky to be talking with Channing Fry, NBA champion, you probably know, and owner and operator of Chosen Family Wines, which just launched launched Monday, which is crazy. Uh, Channing, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Man, guys, thank you so much for having me. man. This is a you know great opportunity to just talk some wine early in the morning.
0: Oh yeah, because you're, so you're where are you right now?
1: So I'm in Portland, Oregon right now. Um, I've been here 14 years. So when I got traded here from the Knicks, go figure. Mm-hmm. Shout out all the Knicks fans. There's probably yeah. two or three left. <laughs> I mean, we're we're
0: we're we're embattled. it's hard.
1: At this point, you're in the trenches now, so you just oh, got to no. stay there. <laughs>
0: I think I'm going to become a Nets fan. <laughs>
1: Ooh, no, don't do that. Just stay in next band. You've got another 10 years, till you're good. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm in Portland. I've stayed here. Um, I met my wife here. I have four kids. And so we are entrenched in this community, in this state, and uh, just everything Oregon right now.
0: Amazing. So, you know, I, I want to get into Chosen Family Wines. I think... You, there's so many people that are doing interesting stuff in wine right now i'd love to sort of hear about your journey to wine so right. you know uh we all get into you know this business in in very different ways and and usually it's it's not the traditional way right so totally, totally. um i i'd love to hear sort of what what got you what, was it moving to to portland in the beginning because it's just, i mean that's such a wine city
1: yeah got you into wine Let's, or was it prior to that no oh. no 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 so before this i was a big i'm from arizona right well i grew up in arizona um, so I'm a big, you know, Corona beer tequila guy, right? Now, still, there's I still love me some good, some good tequila, you know, some yep. good agave. But I think when I moved to Portland, my mother in law now she's really into wine, right? Loves Nebbiolo, she likes um Barolo's Nebbiolo, oh, she's a lot like of me. Italian, okay, wines. yeah, yeah, big, big, big wines, Cabs, obviously, Napa Cabs, and so we would go over to dinner and we would be eating with her and she'd bust out a bottle of wine. I'm like, well, I like this, you know? And so I started becoming become a little more curious. And then the, when the weather's nice in Oregon, everyone's like, well, let's go wine tasting. So right. I'm like, wine tasting? So we go wine tasting and I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Like, and I'm, I'm really, like me, I'm a sucker for a great story. And most of these people who do stuff out here, have amazing stories of how they got into the business, how they've been successful, how they make their wine, like their process, how they're different. And, you know, everyone who's listening to the podcast knows that wine, you know, from one plot of land to another can be completely different. But when you start adding the, the human aspect of that, that's really where it started to get me. So ever since then, I've been just, you know, I've been drinking wine, learning a little bit, drinking more wine, learning a little more. And so then it really took off when I ended up playing for the Orlando Magic. Okay. Uh, that was in 2015. Um, and so my buddy, uh, who's my business partner now, ended up starting working at a place called Longalow Estate. It's 20 acres out in the Dundee Hills in, in Oregon. Uh-huh. And he was like "Channing, I know you're not really into Pinot right now, but let me tell you, this is amazing. And I'm like, send me a bottle. I trust you. Right? So he sends me four and i open up and i have this and my i called him immediately like i didn't know pinot noir could taste like this and he goes right. listen dude you're you caught the bug here's what i want you to do so we started going back and forth so wine started being my thing so even when i went on a plane on my nba team i'd bring two bottles of wine in my backpack right and drink them on the plane and and have conversations with the people next to me and Everyone was like, "Oh, you're drinking wine?" It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I go, "Yeah, but like we're done with practice. I'm getting ready to go to dinner. I'm gonna drink wine, anyways. Right? I'm going to bed. I have nothing else to do. So for me, I'm bringing on different rosés from different areas, like trying to discover what my palate was. And then I started reading magazines and just kind of getting really, just really caught the bug. That's crazy. Speed that up to, I got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers with Kevin and LeBron and Tristan and Jr. and all these other amazing players. And I was bringing wine on the plane. So I'm me, I'm bringing my two little dinky bottles. And all of a sudden these guys are like, hey, yo, you're not going to bring wine for the rest of us? And I said, look, there's 14 of you. The way my budget is set up, I can't do that. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not bringing." And Braun drinks, you know, like 93 sesakaya I know. <laughs> I and, follow you know, him on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, like come, yeah, on, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man, right? So I'm like, listen. What I discovered, so what we kind of agreed without saying it is each person would bring wine from a region that they liked. So me being from Oregon, and that's what I knew, I was bringing rosés. I was bringing bubbles on the plane. I was bringing whites, uh, different Chardonnays. And guys were like, oh, I don't like white wine. I'd be like, dude, listen, you don't know what you like. Let me tell you what you like, right? Because I'm like, Oregon Chardonnay, now this is 2016. I was like, Oregon Chardonnay is going to blow up. I was like, they're making amazing, amazing wine. Um, and then I was giving guys Pinot, and they were like, "What kind of wine is this?" I was like, "Is this Pinot Noir from Oregon, right?" And I'm, and so we're just going back and forth. So we have Napa Cab's, and we have guys from Washington bringing in Syrahs. We have guys bringing in Italians, French Burgundies, Bordeaux. Like, so it became a real camaraderie thing. And that is when it kind of like the fire turned into a volcano. Of of wine, and so then when I retired, uh, my best friend Jake came up to me and actually asked my wife first. He said, "Hey, would Channing be interested in maybe doing wine a different way?" And she was like, "Dude, this guy, yes, absolutely." So he ended up, and she well, he actually asked like, "Would you mind if if I borrowed him, (laughs) right?" Because once I get something, I'm like a torpedo. Yeah, Uh, I'm like wake up, I go to sleep. It just motivates me. Um, seeing something that I'm so passionate about uh, be successful is like the greatest feeling of all time. Um, So for me, then it became what we want this wine brand to be about, who we want to work with, what do we want it to taste like, and who do we want to get into the wine game. So it's not only do we want to impress people and and have people say, this is a good wine, but we also want to get a new demographic into the wine game, because we feel like there are so many people that have been told what they like, instead of just given options from somebody that they trust. so that's kind of where chosen family kind of business model came after. And it just comes from trust and, and understanding that a wine bottle is like a connector. Throughout my career, I've had so many ups and downs in basketball. And then obviously in life, everyone has ups and downs. And so what I've learned and what we all agree on is, you know, when I want to sit down with my family and friends, that wine bottle now with all of us, with all my family, like means something. People bring wine bottles, whether $20 or $2,000, they just don't bring it to impress. They bring it as a sign of gratitude. Like, I want to share this with you. Like, I want to share memories with you about something that is important to me or that excites me. You know what I'm saying? Like, how often do we give something to somebody to say like I appreciate you, like I appreciate this time. And I feel like that's what we want our wine to be about. It's like you have this chosen bottle. Here's a story of Channing and Jake and Chase. And they're not saying that they're better than anybody else, but they're saying that listen, these people who we work with and who make our wine have inspired us to to put good juice in that bottle for you.
0: That's I mean that's that's an awesome story. So I have some questions for you based on what we've what you're sort of saying. You know one of the things I think wine one of the ways that wine sort of gets a bad rap is that it can be extremely elitist that it can be a very hard thing to get into. I know like when we were thinking about starting vine pair seven years ago, yeah. that was one of the biggest reasons, right was to try to break down those barriers and create something that that everyone could could find interesting and find yeah. access points to. How do you do that as a as a wine brand? like what are you what are you trying to do? Are there things you think you're doing differently that, you know, more traditional wine companies haven't done and, and and what could they learn from what you're doing?
1: Well, we're learning. We are learning from nobody because of we decided (laughs) to, you know, start a wine brand. Well, it's been a year longer than that, 18 longer than that in the making, but we are a, a a mobile first, uh, like a mobile first company. Right. So everything we are like, we're socially driven, like social media driven um, e commerce. So we don't have a tasting room. Right. Um, We also don't have a single vineyard that we work with. Right. So that, I mean, just a a steady, not a steady, we don't have a, so we, we don't, we're not confined, and I hate using that word, but we're not confined to just one vineyard. Right. Um, The way we're set up is we find vineyards and winemakers and in places that make good wine. And we say, hey, we'll give you a clean slate. We already love your wine and what you do. Let's see where we could take it, right? So if we want a cousin of this, right? We want you to express your creativity, your imagination. Um, so right now on our docket is, right now our winemaker for Pinot and Chardonnay is Chase from Longlow, because we love him. We love what he does. Um, and then we have Syrah coming right? From Hazelfern, right? Which is down the road. And he makes amazing Pinot and Chard. but we really felt like we wanted to see where he could take Syrah. So he got grapes from Walla Walla and he's in the process of making them uh, now. And I went over there. and It is such an amazing thing to be able to dive into like different varietals with a guy that you think is an expert on it, but that has also a great story and a great dude. And then we actually, uh, I think right before the fires out here, we picked our, our grapes, our blanc of Blanc grapes for Bubbles in three years.
0: Oh, wow. Bubbles. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Which is, I am so excited. I brought my youngest daughters out there and they had handfuls of grapes just crushing <laughs> them, crushing them. But like, that is why we're different is because everything we do has to be social media driven. We don't have a, uh, a taste room. Like I just mentioned, obviously we would like one in the future. Um, depending on how much we make. But even right now, we don't make enough for that to justify, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so we're constantly evolving with this, right? We're constantly trying to reach people and and give props to, to other winemakers and other vineyards that have inspired us to be amazing, right? We're not, like I said, we're not saying ours is better. We're saying we're just like the cousin of somebody you already like. Right. If you like a Nike, so I use it as collaborations. If you like a Jordan, right, the regular Air 1 Michael Jordan shoe, but all of a sudden you like it in a different colorway, that's exciting. You may have two two new pairs of shoes in your closet.
0: Right. So with the wines, was it always your desire to do Oregon first? Like when, and and what gave you like so when did you decide, I guess yeah. back up a second. When did you decide okay, like I'm, I wanna, I want to I want to start a winery, like and, uh, a, and a wine label and I want to you know, a yeah, wine label.
1: Wine. Um So it happened after I retired, I sat down with Jake and Chase, and I think for me, Chase as a winemaker, I wanted to get his perspective, right? As like, hey, is this exciting to you, right? Is this something that you think other winemakers would want to do? If I asked you like over a a great meal, what kind of grapes do you want to work with? Do you want to, because, you know, for his brand, his brand tastes one way. Right? That's right. his interpretation. But when you get two or three different people tasting and, and mixing and matching, their the palate completely changes. And that's what was exciting to him was to see where he could take his grapes to show the versatility of his of his wine making, of his grapes, of his of the terroir, right? And I, I hate I don't want to say I hate using that word because it sounds <laughs> it sounds so smart, but but like um for me, he's done amazing things with Chosen, right? He, he, if you take taste Chosen, you taste Longlow, you'd be like, this is from the same plot of land, <laughs> right? This is from the same vineyard? Yeah, but, but both of them are equally good in their right. It just depends on what you like. But that's, again, that's the conversation. That's the whole point is to create that conversation with somebody that you love. Wow, this is a little more oaky. I wonder, is this a little bit more you know, is this new French barrel? Is that old French barrel? Is it, you know, did he boil the barrel? Did he put this in clay pot? You know, all these conversations are things that like are connectors that we love being able to bring to the table with the the wine. But literally after I had a conversation with him, he was excited. We hugged it out. um, And then we started this process of figuring out what our palate was going to be, how it's going to evolve. Do we want this drinkable now? Do we want to lay down or do we want a mix of both? And that's really kind of the fun part of like going through all the barrels and and being like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then you let the winemaker go do his mad scientist stuff. I don't know how he does what he does, but he, I could tell him, I just want a little pepper. He goes, give me a second. Boom. Puts a little bit of this. Oh, this is peppery now. Okay so what
0: what did you decide when you were going through it did you did you decide you wanted drinkable now? Did you decide half and half and and what was the the rationale for whatever decision you you came up with?
1: We decided we want to do half and half right because of our our demographic right and the people we want to be able to to drink our wine now um we want them to go on this journey with us so our biggest thing is buy two bottles. Buy one now if you can. Buy one now. Drink it when, it when you have a special occasion. Drink it on a Tuesday. Drink it and, and remember it. And then let it sit for two or three years because it is going to age really well. It's only a 2018. So this Pinot is going to age really well. I think a lot of – and this is it shocked me too. I opened up a 1999 Beaufrere, and I was shocked that a 21-year-old Pinot from, you know, the Willamette Valley was tasting that delicious. Yeah. So it gives us hope that if you do want to lay it down, it is going to mature good. It a great good, mature good. Goodness, it is going to be able to do that. But if you want to drink it now, which a lot of millennials and I'm a millennial. I'm only thirty seven. Want that drink now, right? But yeah, I think totally. the more, yeah. But I think the more that people uh, roll with us and listen to us um, about what to do with our wine it's going to be exciting that you can drink it every year with your friends but then see the evolution of our palate and see the evolution of our brand and and come on this journey with us is really what we're you know trying to talk about so one year we'll try it and next year hey maybe at the same pool party we open up that bottle of white and see how it's evolved
0: so do you do you plan on at least right now continuing to make you know for years to come this this pinot this chardonnay potentially the Syrah and also expand? Or do you think that because you have this ability to go to different, you know, vineyards and work with different winemakers that maybe like what chosen family is, is that for a few years you're making this Pinot and this Chardonnay. And then five years later, maybe you're making, I don't know, Russian river or something. Is right. it sort
1: of, oh, have you thought about what that looks like? Super, super thought about it. And I think about it all the time. And I think business is going to dictate how far we can go. Um, what's amazing is right now we have people in Italy looking for Nebbiolo, Barolo, uh, Barbaresco. So, I mean, listen, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I have, uh, I have friends in Australia looking at Shiraz, right? Looking at things that they're doing down there. Uh, we are planning trips to go to Walla Walla, Washington, which I think is the most underrated wine area in America. I think for me if you go to Walla Walla Washington you have Cabernet which is underrated obviously Syrah slaps is absolutely amazing um I think one thing that people don't drink as much now is Merlot but I think a amazing Merlot uh can do is is absolutely delicious absolutely, absolutely delicious I mean, that's, so that's for us, that's one yeah, movie's yeah. fault basically <laughs> basically basically right and so for us we right now Chase is obviously our winemaker, and unless something happens to his vineyard, he's in for full time. Okay. And and, and uh, Brian at Hazelfern, as long as he's able to do it with his time and his business, he's in full time. So every year we're going to be evolving with different winemakers, but that doesn't mean that we can't go to California, we can't go to Paso Robles and make another Pinot and Chardonnay from Paso Robles with a different winemaker. Right. Right. And that is why, you know, again, it it encompasses the name chosen family is that like we're not going to just the, you know, the big brand name places. Right. We are going to the mom and pops places, the people who are making delicious wine that, you know, it may it is going to be small batch and it is going to be maybe 50 cases, maybe 100 cases, maybe two max. But we're not putting out 10,000 cases like that. We just don't feel like you're going to get that quality. So come with us on the journey, because maybe one year we may do a rosé, and then the next year we say, you know what, we don't want to do a rosé, we'll do a rosé bubbles, right? We have that ability right. based on who we work with and based, well, we can't do the bubbles, obviously it's three years, but you know what I mean, right? I, right. Maybe we do two Chardonnays, maybe we do, maybe we get grapes from a different AVA in in, in Oregon, where now people can taste the difference between you know the Dundee Hills and Eola-Amity.
0: That's very cool.
1: That's what's exciting to me is like, where where do we want to go? But the winemakers dictate dictate that to us, right? They go, man, I would love to to have some of the Rock Syrah. Okay, how can we get grapes? Let's go up there and meet some of the people who own the vineyards who who harvest the grapes, and let's go create a relationship, right? So that we can get the best the best grapes and make an amazing product.
0: That's awesome. So. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because of everything we're dealing with in, yeah, in yeah. the country right now with COVID. So obviously, you know, when when new brands launch, especially wine, um, yeah. one of the biggest uh, initial marketing strategies, right, is you're definitely focusing a lot on social, which I think is insanely smart. Um, yeah. But a lot of people, you know, think restaurants are one of the, the best ways to go to get introduction. Obviously, you know, restaurants in America are struggling right now. Totally. Was that part of your initial plan and did you have to change it? Was that never part of your plan? And sort of how are you adapting to the fact that probably, you know, introducing people to chosen family through restaurants, at least for the foreseeable future, isn't going to be something that, that happens that often?
1: I think for us, um, we have great relationships. First of all, I say everyone supports your local businesses. I think people don't understand how important the restaurant industry is to a ecosystem of people right? To an ecosystem of people. And so for me, especially in Portland, you live in Brooklyn, the food scene is everything here, Yeah, right? We are constantly new food scenes and so many have been affected by COVID. And so for us, obviously, we would love to have our wine in, in a restaurant, but because this first year we're only making 125 cases, we won't be able to hand it out and be able to continually buy grapes for the next year or two. Once we produce, I would say, you know, 200 Chardonnay, 200, 300 uh, Pinot, maybe 100 Syrah, 100 Bubbles. Now we can start to put our wine in certain places, right? There's okay. you know, And so that is kind of the thing for us is like we don't want them in every restaurant, but restaurants that we've actually gone to where we know the owner, we know the head chef, like we spent time there. We feel the vibe like we know them. And personally, it, that's where we want our wine
0: makes sense so right now if someone wanted to find the wine would they would they just find it on the website
1: yep chosenfamilywines.com um and then stay attached to us on on instagram if you can uh we're gonna update and go to uh facebook also um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's been interesting because we're constantly we you know i have so many like one two three i have about 20 papers of just notes it social media is such a powerful tool, especially for a growing business. And for us, it's like, you know, and and you follow LeBron and he actually posted my wine yesterday and he called me. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask him to do that. Right. I don't ask anybody to ever post my wine. Um, I do it because, and they know it because how much I love it and because they are my friends that have inspired me um, to be better and to, to put out a product that people can trust and so I, I called him. I was like, I appreciate you. And I called uh, Allie Clifton, who's on my podcast. She opened it with her mother from Ohio. And they were like, well, we usually don't like Pinot, so don't be upset. And all of a sudden, they're like, we're buying two bottles right now. We didn't even know Pinot could taste like that. And I wanted to cry. Um, because me being in this industry, after playing basketball my whole life, and I've had some great help from, obviously, my, my partners. But like this is the first time I get to be artistic right it's the first time like my taste and our taste is put on the forefront right this is not this is an opinion based <laughs> business right if you don't like right. it it's your opinion but we're not going to argue about it but i promise you that people are going to like it if they give it a chance
0: i mean i'm excited to just hearing you talk about it i'm i mean i'm excited just, to this is every thing. day like, man passion this for is it, every very day. clear yeah
1: very but, clear it's you know crazy I, I like, I wouldn't be this way if I hadn't been inspired by some, like I talk about that 99 Beaufrere or uh, I had a Melka uh, Matisse dude was ridiculous. I've had a Rex Hill 90. So like off the top of my head and obviously I stick a lot to, to Oregon, but I have to see what people are doing so that I could push myself so that we could push ourselves as, as a business but then I'm excited to take this trip once basketball season is over to Washington and just dive into that culture and to dive into like what these people have been doing to be so successful and to make such delicious wine. And it's super the bug, right? If you had a picture, you would see I have yeah. my championship ring. I have my beer, which is like a fry PA that comes out once a year for charity, and then my two... Wine bottles—it's like some of the most proudest things I've ever done. So it's—I'm serious it. on my mantle. So it's been—it's been a journey. It's hard work, but it's like the biggest labor of love um, that I've had, and this is just great, man. I could talk—I could talk you wine all day.
0: So I got—so I don't want to keep you too much long, but I got to ask you two more questions. One, yeah, perfect. Um, what are you? So obviously you're drinking lots of chosen family, which you should be. Um, <laughs> but what? What else are you drinking right now? Is there anything else that you discovered? I mean, I think you're you're gonna make someone on my staff extremely happy with your comment about Walla Walla, who's been shouting oh. about it to us forever. That yeah, it's, it's something that no one else is talking about. So I think that that's a that's a good pro tip. But what else yeah. have you been drinking recently? That's really excited you that people need to know about. Two
1: guys, champagne, champagne. <laughs> Listen, people's perception of champagne is is so underrated. Right It's so like all I think about when they think of champagne is like Moet and Veuve. Now, congratulations, congratulations to those two businesses. But let me tell you, people who are listening, go to your store, your wine store, whatever, and go try other types of of, of champagne. People are doing amazing, amazing things. I keep the bottles right. So obviously, I taste wine a lot. I keep the bottles that I love up above my my uh refrigerator and I'm running out of room because and most of them are, are champagne bottles because I'm like, how does this taste like this? What is this? Like and I'm you know me, I'm well, you don't know me, but like people will get to know me as like, if I don't know something, I'm not, I don't have a sense of pride where I won't say, how do they do this? Or right. how can can we emulate this? Or where is this? And I'm trying to learn all the time uh, so that I can put the best so that we can put the best product out there. And so um drinking a lot of Syrah right now. Um, tried a couple, two or three bottles last night from the Rhone region because I need to see like flavor profiles. I've had All a right. lot of Walla Walla Washington. Like I've gone from your Syrah that tastes like a Pinot to a Syrah that tastes like a straight bell pepper, right? So I would love to see where we can do, where we can challenge the traditional, but also give it its respect that is due. Um, when it comes to Syrah. And I try to do that with every type of wine that we work with. So um, Chase, our winemaker, is really good. He makes a great Barolo. And so I'm starting to get into Italians now. So it's like I got to pick my days of what I'm drinking, <laughs> right? Or else I just want to drink it all. But it's been – those are the things that I'm um, really kind of just crushing at my house right now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean I it's it's funny. Like you, know, champagne gets is this thing I feel like where – you have some some people in the wine industry, especially like soms, who are who are really obsessed with it. And then obviously you have the huge brands that have sort of created a, a different thing than it is. But I recently also sort of came to champagne, um also just because it's so expensive. It's, uh, yeah. But but you know, yeah, it, it is crazy. You're like, wow, how does this taste different than any other sparkling wine I've ever had? And it, yes, know, and, it, and it, what is wine it? is
1: another thing too. Yeah, so like, if you like, let's say you like. Let's say you like champagne, but you're like, okay, my budget doesn't dictate that I could spend 140 bucks on a four glasses, right? Yeah, dude. People are doing amazing sparkling wine out in Oregon uh, for good costs for good prices. God, Meyer, Meyer, Helen Meyer, maybe it might be it. I have a bottle up there doing amazing things. I think our bottle was 55, 60 bucks. Yeah, and I'm like, this is great. This is great for like. Let me entry, not entry level, but this is a very solid bottle of champagne or sparkling wine for that price. Um, that's justifiable to me, to me.
0: Right. That's awesome. So last question. You are obviously a professional athlete. Um, yeah. You are. I'm, I'm a very competitive person, although I was never good enough to be a professional athlete, but I'm very competitive. I would assume you are very competitive in a lot of things in your life, uh, being a professional athlete. There is another professional athlete that lives in your city. Yep. that has also released a wine label.
1: Yeah, Do CJ. You and,
0: yeah, you and CJ have any rivalry
1: there? <laughs> no, 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 no. CJ and I have had plenty of conversations. And the thing is, is that I'm, if you look at the big picture, right? Yeah. There's no competition between us because we are two young African-American men in 2020 with our own wine labels. Yeah, totally. Right? Where it's like, we are slowly putting a new perspective into this business, which I think is better for all of us. The 100%. better he does, motivates me to do better in my way. And I've tasted his wine. I think his wine is really good, right? I think Adelschein makes good wine. They've been doing it for 30, 40 years. So he's with the OGs. For me, I had to stay true to my truths, right? With my friends and my crew. And the way we're doing business is, I don't know if it's ever been done before. So I'm not in competition because all I'm doing is trying to showcase people who I already support. So my competition is me, and how can I get people's wine that I love? Because most people, if you're out of Oregon, you wouldn't have heard of Hazel Fern. But with me, I'm able to be a megaphone for people doing amazing things all around the world, the country, our our region, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited to to have people in Brooklyn try something from Oregon that they wouldn't know unless they came wine tasting out here.
0: Totally. Channing, this has been an awesome conversation. Yeah, I really thanks, appreciate man. you appreciate taking the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm sure I'm hoping other people listening are excited to, to try chosen family yeah, as well. Please, please. Um, what you're doing is really cool. You know, next time you're in New York, let me know. Brooklyn, we'll we'll, we'll go For get some sure. wine together. Um, yeah, yeah. This has been awesome.
1: Thanks. Yeah, just to, if people want to get on the newsletter, because that is going to be where we keep ex- like uh, we released our one early to people on the newsletter. So cheers at chosenfamilywines.com. You sign up for that newsletter. It'll keep you up to date. It'll tell you what we're doing. Um, And I think, again, like we are social media driven. So you're going to see our journey, right? You're going to see what we do all the time so that we can gain your trust. You're going to see that I'm squishing the grapes, right? And I don't know the technical term for it. You're going to see that I'm tasting the juice as it's pressed. You're going to see that journey um, with our crew and our relationships that we build in, in the different places.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, so chosenfamilywines.com, right? If they just want to go in yep. and they're convinced they want to buy a bottle and then cheers at chosenfamilywines.com email and yep. you get signed up for the newsletter.
1: Perfect. It's awesome. easy. Yep. Just something Jenny, else in your email.
0: <laughs> thank you for, for taking time well, on a Friday so much, morning to chat with you. me about wine. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine pair podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the VinePair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.